I'm going to ask if we could. I'm going to pray, but I'm going to ask if we could just as, please, just as little moving around as possible. And let's uh, really stay focused because it distracts other people a lot. And Lord, we just ask you tonight as we come before you in Jesus' name and through his blood. Father, we come to you tonight and we pray over the word of the Lord. We ask you, Father, that even right now, by the mighty Holy Spirit, that you would help us to give you our best ear, our full attention, and get really focused on the Word, to get locked in to what you're saying. Lord, that there's not going to be distractions, that the Holy Spirit, every one of us, to anoint our minds, anoint our hearts, anoint our eyes and ears, and that we'll be able to understand, we'll, we'll be totally just focused on what the Lord is speaking to us. Lord, help us to get locked in tonight and be good soil. And that this will go out as living seed sown in that good soil, watered by the Holy Spirit, and bring, it'll take root, really take root in all of us, and grow and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until Jesus comes. And Lord, I pray that this word also will be like a hammer that breaks down every stronghold, and it'll be a light that dispels all the darkness and brings truth and revelation and life. There'll be a washing of the water of the word. And let your Holy Spirit just carry this. The winds of the Holy Spirit carry this among the nations. Everywhere it needs to go. And it will accomplish what it needs to. And we agree together that, you know, Jesus taught us the birds of the air try to steal the seed. So, Lord, we agree together that these birds of the air, which are the forces of the enemy, will not be able to hinder the seed of God's word from getting out and doing what it's supposed to do. We bind it now in the name of Jesus to back off and go right now. Lord, let your mighty angels clear it out. And we thank you, Lord, that we stand on the promise that the word of the Lord will go forth and accomplish what you sent it forth to do in the earth. It will not return void. And we stand on that tonight. And we thank you for moving in power. That everything is going to be accomplished through this time. That you will be done in every life. Lord, we stand on that. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, I'm going to deal with something. This is really for River of Life. Okay, this is a packet to prepare you for the upcoming fast. And um, I want you to please give me your best ear tonight because there's going to be some things that I feel like everybody needs to hear. And I believe that if you'll really get this tonight, that there's some things I'm going to talk about that could bring a tremendous breakthrough in your life, tremendous breakthrough in your home, the atmosphere of your home, in your personal life, um, even generational, etc. And so we're going to deal with some of that. And the whole concept of Passover is centered first and foremost it's centered around the blood of the lamb which we know obviously is jesus so it's a real honoring of the blood a reverencing of what jesus did at calvary as a matter of fact god made sure that jesus died on the cross on passover day and we'll deal all of, with all of that when we get to passover but the other big aspect of passover outside of the the meal and all of that that goes on, the other big aspect is to get the yeast out. It's purging out all the yeast out of your life. And so to this day, um, among Jewish homes, there'll be uh, you know people going through and just getting out anything that has yeast in it. And there's a little ceremony called a Badika Comets. I don't have it with me, but I will at the Passover meal. But you know, there's a little feather and a candle and the mom will go through and maybe leave a little bit of breadcrumbs on a window seal or something. And the little children, they go through with a little light and they're looking for the chametz. Any yeast that's left in the house. And the dad will take them and, and they'll find the yeast, you know, and they'll sweep it with that little feather into a bag. And uh, they'll come together 
with all of the yeast and they'll put it together and burn it in like a, a mini bonfire if you will and that's right before Passover it's a house cleaning okay so please give me your best here tonight because God is warning us every year I believe to do some personal evaluation and to do some personal house cleaning amen all right so this is going to be very much connected with the upcoming fast in a few weeks so keep this sheet to ref go back to as a reference now, I'm going to give you a few scriptures that you may want to jot a few things down as I talk. But the first scripture I want to give you is 1 Corinthians 5, verse, starting with verse 6, that Paul was having to deal with sin. We know that the Corinthian church, the, the city of Corinth was a place that's pretty corrupt. So these people get saved, they've come out of a lot of sin. And so obviously the church there in Corinth had a lot of problems. You know, there were people that were... Um, drinking too much in the church and there was people that like this example that a guy was um, having sexual relations with somebody he wasn't supposed to so there was sin in the camp and Paul had to really deal with that and here's what he wrote he he wrote your boasting is not good look, look at this do you not know that a little leaven yeast okay a little bit of it will work its way through the whole lump of dough it affects the whole group now hear what I'm saying God is, is putting, I remember reading about Joshua, and Joshua went into the land of Canaan, and he conquered, and at the very beginning of it, they celebrated Passover, and then they took Jericho, and I remember reading this, that the Lord told Joshua that he didn't even know that this man named Achan, remember him, went in and took some things that he wasn't supposed to take out of Jericho, and he hid it in his tent. How was Joshua supposed to know that? And God told Joshua, God did not mince words, and God was not even really nice about it. God told Joshua, you deal with this, or I won't be with you anymore. And Joshua fell on his face and said, dear Lord, help me. Yes, show me what's going on. And so God revealed that there was sin in the camp. And because of that man's sin, hear what I'm saying, the entire nation went to war with the little town. They had just defeated Jericho, which was a superpower. They took them down. So they didn't even send very many people to the next town, Ai, because it was a small town, and they thought, well, this will be easy. So they send a small group, and they get whipped bad. And so Joshua's like, what happened? And the Lord rebuked Joshua and said, if you don't deal with this, I won't be with you. And I'm going to tell you something. In our homes, the husbands better hear me because this. I know America doesn't really honor God's order but God don't change it don't matter what America thinks about anything um, husband you will give an account I will give an account for your home and your family your wife won't you will and pastor if you're hearing me you're going to give an account for your church if you're not willing to deal with stuff that's not right you know it's not right and you, you refuse to deal with it. You're going to be a wimp about it. I love you. I don't mean that mean. But you're going to be scared. You're not going to deal with it. You will stand before the Lord on judgment day about it. And so God expects us to rise up and deal with things that need to be dealt with. And the Apostle Paul said that that little bit of leaven, that, that, guy, that one guy that's in sexual sin, he said, don't you understand that what he's doing can have some kind of an effect on the whole church? It can bring pollution into the whole group. And then he uses this reference. Paul, of course, being Hebrew, 
he brought the Hebrew roots to the Gentile churches that he planted. And he told them here, and this is a Passover reference, he said, clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, also has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast. He's talking about Passover and possibly the communion table also. Let us celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with an unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So the Lord is wanting us to purge all the yeast out, get all that pollution out, all that junk out. I wonder sometimes, because all of us have a sinful nature, and all of us have, all of us have grown up in families that are imperfect, all of us live in a very sinful world and all of us are are living you know in enemy territory in this wicked world where there's you know demonic forces and things i wonder for all of us sometimes just how wicked our minds have been what we're thinking about i wonder sometimes how wicked our own hearts have been and we don't even realize it the Bible says that the heart is deceitful. Who can know it? And the word there in Hebrew implies active, like it deceives you. Not like a past tense, but active. And I wonder sometimes if the Lord could shine a light and maybe we could see some things we need to see and we get on our face and say, Oh Lord, forgive me because my own heart has been so full of pride and so full of bitterness and hate my own heart Lord has been so full of other things that have filled it my affections that should be on you or on other things my own heart has been so polluted forgive me Lord my own mind I've entertained such thoughts such negative things about other people so critical you know I've sat around and, and judged other people in my mind Maybe minds have been thinking about just hate, getting revenge on people or, or lustful things or something. But I wonder. And the Lord loves us, doesn't he? He's so patient. But he wants to come in with his light and help us to see this stuff and clean us up. And let me tell you something. Once the Lord begins to move like that and show us those things and we repent, God will cleanse and there'll be such a personal revival and a personal freedom on the other side of that. It is absolutely amazing. And so I believe the first place we need to look is within our own hearts. And I wonder sometimes about homes. Are homes really in order, biblically, where husbands are really leading in the ways of God and wives are really being submissive? You see, we don't, America is not a submissive culture. You know, a lot of times a husband may want to lead, but a wife just will not submit. And, um, or children in obedience is the home in order. Another thing to look at is our mouth. Are we being careful about what we say? Are we going around talking bad about other people? You know, be very careful with these things. That's a, that's a great evil. And um, I don't know why it's the Holy Spirit just sharing some of these things for us to pray about, okay? But... I remember reading in Proverbs, it says, God hates the one that sows discord among the brethren. And one of the greatest ways discord comes is by people talking about other people. 
you go you go to this other person and say well you know did you hear about this about them or i can't believe they're this way and it's just spreading discord so pray about these things as we go into this fast let there be a deep personal cleansing i don't know about you but i want to go deeper in the lord i want my life to be more uh you know free and victorious and there before i want to go deeper in christ i want my prayer life to deepen i want the anointing to increase i want to see greater fruitfulness and these are times where the lord will purge the leaven out of us okay all right second corinthians six fourteen. do not be bound together with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness or what harmony between christ and belial or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. Isn't that an awesome scripture? That God, the Holy Spirit, that he is dwelling in us. And that God by his spirit is dwelling among us corporately. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from their midst and be separate says the lord so god is wanting us to not be like this present world you you know you look at people out there in the world and the way that they talk the way they dress what they drink the way they act all these things about them it's because they're still in sin and god is saying for his people he says now wait a second i've put my spirit in you and I'm dwelling in your midst. I'm calling you to come out from among them and be a holy people unto me. You be separate from them. And do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. And I'll be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. And then I want to read 2 Timothy 2.20. Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and earthenware, some to honor and some to dishonor. So the best explanation of this in the Hebrew culture, there are certain uh, vessels that were used like on the Sabbath and on feast days that are special, kind of put up for special occasions. But most of you have some kind of a special uh, dining like china or something that you have that you'll break out on special occasions. And it's more expensive. And you don't, you don't just take that out and throw a hot dog on it, slap some mustard, throw it in the microwave, right? You save it for a special occasion. Well, this is what he's saying here. He's saying that there's some vessels that are more expensive and are to honor, and others are less expensive. They're wood, and in our, our time, plastic, you know, paper, <laughs> styrofoam, whatever. Anyway, and he says, some to honor, some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, now look at that, Every, anyone who cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor sanctified useful to the master prepared for every good work now flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness faith love and peace with those who call on the name of the lord from a pure heart isn't that a beautiful scripture i think the call is there to all of us to be a vessel of honor and i want the lord to do that in me and i know you do as well well these times of prayer and fasting are a perfect time to really let the lord do a deep sanctification and then look at this this is one of my favorite scriptures and i pray this every day first thessalonians 5 23 may god himself the god of peace 
sanctify you through and through may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ isn't that a beautiful scripture so there's an aspect where the bible says you purge the yeast out you cleanse yourself you repent but there's also an aspect where once we do our part then god comes in and says okay i'm gonna help you out i'm gonna sanctify you throughout your spirit soul and body and seal you off with my spirit I'm going to move around a little bit, so just follow me. This will all come together at the end, okay? So it's going to feel like I'm shooting off in this direction, this direction, but it will all come together at the end of the sermon. There's four areas that seem to bring a curse. There's a lot of things that I've mentioned already that, that can affect us spiritually. I preached on some things last week about the flesh, worldliness, things like that. But there's four things, and there's, there's others there's 60 actually but I don't have time to get there's four main things that can bring a curse and these are these are four things I really want to dwell on tonight for a few minutes they're not in any specific order the first one is broken vows or covenants I don't know if you remember the story of where David David didn't even do anything it, you know he was just going after God and and all of a sudden Israel starts coming under judgment and starts having all these problems and David starts inquiring of the Lord, well, why in the world is all this going on? And the Lord told David, he said, it's because Saul broke faith with the Gibeonites. Now, here's the thing about that. So back years ago, the Gibeonites tricked Joshua. Joshua should have prayed about this one. They, they, they tricked him really good. They, they uh, put some moldy bread, you know, in their saddlebags. Remember that? And they came with some old dirty clothes and they said, we come from a distant land. They, they live right up the road. We come from a distant land, Joshua. And uh, we want to make a covenant with you that, that you will do us no harm. And God had already told Joshua, you wipe out all the Canaanites. They were part of the Canaanites. And Joshua made a covenant with them. We will do you no harm. And made a covenant before the Lord. Now this is how serious God takes covenants. I'll come back to it here in a moment, but God takes covenants and vows very seriously. And so Joshua made a covenant with them. Well, Saul, all these years later, didn't care anything about that and, and went and did them harm and he broke covenant. Well, David certainly didn't do anything. And David comes along and he's reaping the consequences of his predecessor and what he did to break a covenant. And so David had to make things right before God and make things right with the Gibeonites. And when he did, that curse lifted. So um, that's just one story. But anyway, God takes vows and covenants extremely seriously. For example, marriage vows and marriage covenants and, and other vows and covenants. The second thing is shedding blood. Murder. Um, innocent blood that shed things like abortion, which is murder. But anyway, these things carry some very serious consequences. The third thing I would mention is the occult. With the occult idols. Idolatry, worship of other gods, but the occult. And the occult witchcraft, divination, sorcery. These type of things bring a very powerful curse and the trafficking of demonic spirits in people's lives. The third thing is sexual immorality which is any sex outside of marriage. So, I mean, whether it's pornography and lust or adultery or fornication or homosexual activity, anything outside of the marriage bed between a husband and a wife is sexual immorality. 
and this will bring a curse and bring spirit so sometimes people in their family bloodline have had these things going on they may not even know about all of it but they're just like david they're reaping the consequences and i understand why is this going on in my life and it goes back to something in your ancestry all right so now let me change subjects again i'm gonna bring it all together here in a moment there's three things that i feel like god wants us to deal with during this fast and this will not just be this time in 2018 in the springtime but i believe these are three things that god wants us simply to evaluate um, twice a year in river of life just look into it just pray about it look into it but number one is is cleansing your property remember we mentioned the hebrew the badikit chametz the cleansing out the yeast purging the yeast well god wants us to go through and pray over your property how many knows it's not going to hurt us to go back over that sometimes all right um some of you maybe have already done this so thoroughly where you live that you know that some of this may already be conquered but what is the history of your home and your land because the land that you live on there was people there was somebody at some time before you that was trafficking on that land there may not have been houses there but there could have been a murder that took place something like that but what is the history of that land because time does not eradicate that the blood of jesus eradicates it you understand it doesn't matter how much time passes a lot of people think well that's a long time ago that has nothing to do with anything that has absolutely nothing to do with it just because it happened 100 years ago until the blood of jesus is applied it's still going to be a problem i think a lot of times people think time deals with stuff time doesn't deal with anything all right it's the blood that's going to deal with it so number one the land number two is your house what, what's the history of your house you know who's lived there before you and what were they involved in you may not have all the answers to this but you do need to pray about the cleansing of your land and the cleansing of your home it is extremely important i don't have time to get into it too much but just trust me my wife and i we've been in the ministry for a while we've had to pray with a lot of different people about a lot of different things and you want your home to be sealed off you don't want the enemy to be able to traffic through your home it can actually be very serious people can have issues in the night uh, they can have all kinds of strange things going on sicknesses and everything else you can imagine um, because of the atmosphere see where there's a land that has has a curse on it and there's a spirit there on that land or in a home a home has had something in it maybe a witch used to live there and she practiced witchcraft in that home uh, maybe there was people that were sexually immoral in that home if it's never been prayed over see there's still a lingering I remember preaching on this and there was a young lady came to me and she was just so sweet and and she told me one time this is years ago she said but Scott, I want to talk to you she's and you know it's kind of a private thing and she was a little embarrassed she said but I, I need your help about this she said I moved into this apartment and I have never in my life had anything like this happen she said I've never in my life had any type of a homosexual tendency at all and she said I find myself tormented with dreams and weird things that are happening I've never had it before and she said since you were talking about this tonight she says now I'm realizing what the problem is she said the previous occupants in here were two lesbians 
And she said, I realize now that there's something still lingering here. And she said, how do I get rid of it? So I told her how. And, uh, and then God helped her out and took care of it. But was there, was there witchcraft or occult practices? Was there bloodshed? Because if there was murder or something like that there, there can definitely be a curse in the spirit. All right, so what about your land, your home? Also, let me just encourage people to really pray over any point of entry. Back in the days of horse and buggies, you know, there was certain points of entry. But now we've got more than just that. Now you've got Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. And now you've got things like um, a television. You've got other types of doorways that something may, you know, try to ride in. But if you pray over it, okay, God's going to seal it off. So I have something that I've given you in that packet that will walk you through it. It's very easy. My wife and I have had to pray for different people. We've had to do a lot of personal prayer in this area as well. And we've had to learn to cleanse land. And through doing it for years, we've, we've, I feel like that we've learned a lot. And I feel like that will help you. But see, when we came in here to this facility, it wasn't spiritually cleansed. There were some issues. But we got it cleansed and look at things now. The glory's here. And so it's, it's something that, you know, my wife joked around with me and she was like, you know, well, I wouldn't want to live in some of these. We've seen some, you watch TV and you see people look at houses and some really old houses and stuff. And she's like, man, I wouldn't want to live in that thing. And um, her and I are different about that because I'm thinking to myself, well, if you get a good deal. Because I'm like, you know, I can, I promise you, I can cleanse that place. I guarantee you. And I said, you know, that's not going to be a problem. The devil will be gone, and the Lord will be present, you know. And so I'm not worried about that stuff, you know. But think about it. When you go into hotel rooms, what, what has been in there? So I'm, just, I'm just trying to help people that the atmosphere, things can linger and be really weird in a dwelling, but you can cleanse that out. The way you cleanse is through the blood of Jesus, okay, number one. And, and in the packet that you have, it talks about anointing with oil. And I remember that this pastor friend of mine years ago, he told me that, and y'all look this way, because you, remember, you can look over that packet when you get home, but y'all listen to me, okay? There was a pastor friend of mine that was telling me that he had felt led of the Lord to do this conference in the city. And some of y'all might remember um, Brother Holt from way back. He came and ministered one time. I don't know, some of y'all were here. But anyway, he was telling me he had this conference in his church back in the 90s and it was on some areas of like uh, Satanism and ritualistic stuff that was in cities and you know it was exposing it and man he sat and talked to me about the crazy uh, he said he had never in his life dealt with the things he I mean there was the craziest stuff he's ever dealt with so stirring up I mean you're talking about going going along and getting your baseball bat you know and just whacking a hornet's nest that's what he did he just whacked that hornet's nest it stirred up all kinds of stuff in that city but he said that one of the things was there were some people that were trying to creep around on the church property and, you know, put their little curses and stuff on the church. Well, that stuff has some power to it, and it's evil, and you can feel the oppression and the demonic. And so he's having to rebuke this stuff, and he was praying about it. He's like, Lord, you know, and the Lord told him, so I'll tell you what to do. I want you to walk that property. I want you to walk it all the way around, and I want you to drive some, some stakes in the ground and mark that thing off and declare that to be holy ground off limits to anything of the devil 
And he said after he did that, it totally stopped. Before that, it, there was an oppression. There was weird stuff, people trying to come on the property, but they couldn't after that. It was marked and set apart unto the Lord. Uh, anyway, all that's in, in the notes that you, I have a lot of different things you can look at. Here's another thing. What about things you bring into your home? See, my wife and I, we've prayed over our Wi-Fi and things like that, television. We've prayed over it. We apply the blood. We've anointed it, and we've asked God to seal it off where there's not going to be anything that's able to come through, and it, and it doesn't because we've prayed over it. But another aspect, though, is the things that you're bringing into your home. Now, obviously, most people know not to go and, you know, to Africa and bring a voodoo mask, okay, or to go to Mexico and get some Santeria ritualistic weird stuff and bring it to your home okay so anything that's witchcraft or cult based or freemasonic you need to destroy it and get it off your property completely okay i think most people know that but outside of that i want you to think about something there's a lot of different places kind of a spirit about them um for example a woman may just simply go to victoria's secret and get some perfume nothing wrong with that but just remember that that place has a spirit about it it does. It has a seducing sexual spirit about it. So if you bring something like that into your home, you need to pray over it, okay? Another thing to consider is my wife and I now at this point, we kind of just pray over everything, just like you pray over your food. Everything that comes in, we just pray over it. Um, but also think about this. Nowadays, because of uh, you know America trying to be politically correct about everything, a lot of the meats and things you buy in the supermarkets now, you'll see Hallel written on it, and it's been food sacrifice. It's turned toward Mecca, supposedly, and killed so that it's sacrificially okay for Muslims to eat. So basically, food sacrificed to idols. It's just really weird, you know. But just pray over stuff. The Bible says all food is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. Okay, we're not called to be living by fear or whatever. Just pray over stuff. But the things that you buy, the things that you bring into your home, it would be important to pray over it, to be cleansed. And it was interesting because Israel was taught that in the Old Testament. Israel would go to war and they would conquer a people. And when they did, they would plunder all their goods. I mean, they would have all kinds of clothing, all kinds of jewelry, and you name it, they had it. And God told them there's this principle of koshering that's like setting apart, like cleansing. God told them everything that can withstand the fire, you need to put it through the fire. And everything that cannot withstand the fire, you need to wash it with water. And then you could have it. And see, what they were doing in the natural was cleansing it, but... There's a spiritual component to that, isn't there? God was saying these people are a bunch of idol worshipers. You know, they go to pagan temples. They worship these demon gods, and that's their whole life is caught up in that. And here you are getting all of their belongings. You're bringing it into your home. You need to cleanse that. You need to pray over it before you bring it into your home. So dealing with cursed land, dealing with defiled homes. Be careful because there's about four things I warn people as a Christian you don't want to have stuff that's really grotesquely violent, like slasher movies, like 
Friday the 13th or not running on the street or anything new like that saw or whatever. I don't keep up with them. So that's the latest thing I've heard of. But all these horror movies and scary stuff, people ripped all to pieces and all that. Um, that's really not something that's healthy to watch, number one. But number two, that's not something you want to watch in your home and release that atmosphere of fear, murder, violence into your home, okay? Another thing is um, sex, anything sexually perverted, anything that would cause lust, be careful to get that out of your home. If you want demons in your home, get, bring pornography in the home because spirits will come in. Get all the sexually unclean stuff out, anything that would cause lust. The other third thing I would say is be careful about witchcraft. I don't care if it's made for little children. If it is actual witchcraft, like Harry Potter, all the way up to anything else, don't have it on your home because, trust me, there really are powerful, powerful demonic spirits that are occult-level spirits that would try to take advantage of that and be in your home. Um, things like witchcraft would be... Witchcraft is the power base of the occult. So witchcraft, I'm not going to go too much into this, but people learn through satanic rituals they do like there could be blood involved certain candles certain things that are chanted and done but certain rituals combined with maybe certain spells or incantations that are done okay let's just leave it at that they learn how to channel satanic power against something or to to cause somebody to fall in love with them or to get money or to curse an enemy and witchcraft, I know that in America that people don't believe that that's real. But not only is it real, it's deadly. It's deadly. It's very serious. And so you need to not take that stuff lightly. It's very powerful. It releases. What people are doing is, is they're learning how to release demonic spirits. That's what they're doing. They're releasing demonic spirits to carry out something that, that they want to happen. It's about controlling other people through satanic power. And then another thing is divination. Divination is the information branch. So whether it be a palm reader, a tarot card reader, crystal ball reader, you know, the creepy lady with the turban back there is just going to tell you about all your life and all this, you know. That's all divination. And it could be any number of things that are used. There's tea leaf reading. There's different things. But it falls under the category of divination. And this is seeking information from a demonic source. And these witches and people that do this, the Bible says that they communicate with familiar spirits. These are demons. So they themselves have familiar spirits. But the people that are going to the witch, they have familiar spirits. And so the information they're getting, if they're getting accurate information at all, if they are, they're getting it from those familiar spirits. And then they're telling the person, the person's just oohing and aahing. If they just understood that all the lady's doing is listening to demons, tell her about you. So that's divination, is anything like that at all, where you're maybe looking to the zodiac, whatever it is. The, the third is sorcery. Sorcery is anything materialistic, a potion. Um, you know, drum beats could probably fall under this, the incantation drum beats that are in Africa. Um, different things that maybe a statue or a talisman that's carried or charms that are worn. Something materialistic that's supposed to give you power. 
or protection. That's sorcery. Uh, drugs that are drank. That, as a matter of fact, in the Bible, the word for sorcery is pharmakeia, where we get pharmacy from in our English. So drugs, mind-altering drugs that witch doctors, th this is nothing. Listen, this is nothing new. You know, you guys read about Moses standing up there in front of those, those shamans and, and magicians before Pharaoh that could turn a, a rod into a snake and stuff like that. These, th this goes, this is ancient. Drinking potions, using mind-altering drugs, these incantations and rituals. This stuff is ancient. This is not new. It's just the devil has learned how to kind of put a new spin on it and where it's culturally relevant for this time. So anyway, purge, go through your home and clean things out. Apply the blood over everything that you can. Go through, get some anointing oil, anoint everything, and speak out loud. First off, Lord, forgive me for anything you need to confess. But secondly, in the name of Jesus, I bind the devil. Anything on this property that is of the devil, I bind you. You get off and out of here in Jesus' name. You Listen, you drive it out if there's something there. You use your authority as a Christian in the name of Jesus. All right. The second thing I feel like God wants people to deal with is bloodline cleansing. After you cleanse your home, pray about your bloodline. I'm going to come to that in just a moment. I'm going to come back to that. But things in your bloodline that needs to be purged. We also have a deliverance questionnaire on our website that can be filled out that would really help you with this. The third thing is a personal cleansing. Now, let me dwell on that, and I'm going to come back to the bloodline in a moment. But a personal cleansing. See, a lot of times, people don't realize it, but there's things within ourselves that is the greatest hindrance and we don't see it but God sees it and if we'll ask him he'll show us many times we're saying well why hasn't this answer prayer come why hasn't this healing manifested why hasn't this breakthrough come and sometimes God is simply needing to do something that's blocking but if we say Lord what's the hindrance give me revelation the Lord will show you and when that's cleared away the answer will come but here's some things to consider. Is there iniquity deep within us? Is there any iniquity? And if you study the Bible, the greatest iniquity is pride. Lucifer said iniquity was found in him, but pride entered through Adam and Eve, and pride has been a big issue. To this day, as a pastor, I can tell you that if you, if you go to talk to some people, um, that pride will well up. In some people and they'll they'll start challenging what you're saying they start bucking you and the, and then they become increasingly defiant and rebellious and it's rooted in pride other people that are really humble you can talk to them and and they're really humble about it and receptive and they'll go really pray about it and they're very genuine but pride a lot of times pride travels iniquity let me say it this way iniquity travels down family lines and so you'll find a lot of times that that iniquity within somebody, they're like feeling some kind of a draw inside them, maybe toward the occult. And they don't understand why. Why do I feel drawn to this darkness? Well, 
it very well could be that somebody in your ancestry was involved in the occult. And others will say, well, I feel this draw toward, you know, alcohol and substances. Well, look in your family. Or they feel a draw, they feel something sexually that seems to have been there from their childhood. It's unexplainable. They don't understand why it's been such a, a thorn and they want it out of their life and it's a draw, it's an iniquity drive. There could be a tendency to be bitter and not forgive. It's very difficult to forgive. Um, there could be other areas, but seek the Lord about it. Lord, is there any iniquity drives in me? And pride is the greatest one and the hardest one to discern. But say, Lord, show me any iniquity. Forgive me for the iniquity that's been in me and in my ancestry. Now hear me. This is very important what I'm about to tell you. A lot of people just say, Lord, forgive me for my sin, and he will. The Bible says he'll forgive you and cleanse you. He will forgive you. You're pardoned, okay? That's one thing, to be forgiven of sin. But it's an entirely different thing for the Lord to reach down inside of you and pull out all that iniquity and all that bondage and all that pollution out of who you are where you no longer have that drive any longer. You hear what I'm saying? That's an entirely different thing. And a lot of times people don't realize it, but that iniquity in them has tried to hold them back so much. And so pray about all of that pulled out, cleansed. Another thing is bitter roots. People in their past have gotten bitter. A lot of times there's a lot of health problems connected to that and a lot of anger issues connected to that. And... God needs to really get down in there and pull out all that bitterness out. It's one thing to say, well, I forgive those people, and that's wonderful because you have to. If, be honest with you, if you want to make heaven, you better start forgiving everybody. But, you know, you forgive everybody, you let it go, but see, there can still be those deep places of bitterness down in there. Also, how are you and I about personal humbling and submission to authority? is you'll find a lot of times that people are become pretty good about worming around authority. Authority will tell them, I don't want you praying for people right now. And you'll find out that they're sneaking around behind your back doing that very thing. It's rebellion. So how are you and I about humbling ourselves and submitting to authority? Another thing is lust. Is there driving lust within you? Are there irrational fears or a tendency to control other people or be in control of situations? You hate being out of control. These are things God wants to deliver you from. Is there greed or materialism? Is there idols of the heart? Is there anger holding grudges? These are things to personally pray about during this fast. I believe if we'll get on our face, God will do it. He'll take it out. I'm going to close out here in a moment with bloodline issues and I'm going I'm to finish with that. But let me now jump over to this and then I'm going to bring it all together, okay? As we go into this fast before Passover, we're going to fast and pray and then we're going to deeply consecrate our lives unto God together corporately. And we're connecting with this feast time. It's a very, a very powerful thing. But I would encourage you because I've already preached on this so I don't have to belabor this point. But you remember me talking about Isaiah 58 Joel chapter 2 and other scriptures like was it 2nd Chronicles 7 14 if you put all these scriptures together there's five things the Bible says humble yourself 
pray, fast, give, and consecrate your life. That's the pattern. Those five things are very powerful that if people will do it, God will move very mightily. And look it up for yourself. Read Isaiah 58 for yourself. It's very powerful scripture. And so I encourage people at this time, we're going to humble ourselves. We're going to pray and fast. We're going to consecrate our lives. But I also encourage people to pray about a special Passover offering because trust me, it will bring a blessing on you and your finances. And Deuteronomy 16, 16 says, three times a year, all the men appear before the Lord um, at the place he chooses, which of course later was Jerusalem, at the festival of unleavened bread, which is Passover, at weeks, which is Pentecost, and tabernacles. But look at this, no one appeared before the Lord empty-handed. So just do something, bring something to the Lord. Let it be something between you and him, but pray about it. And let me give you a quote from David Hogan. I really love the breakthroughs and the incredible deliverances and healings that Brother David has seen. But the, Brother David said this. He said, if I humble my soul in prayer and humble my body in fasting, there's nothing the Lord won't do. And that was something that he was talking about, obviously, with the scriptural promises that are available to all of us. But in that context, look at what the emphasis with Brother David was. Humility. He said, I'm humbling my body in fasting. And I'm humbling my soul in prayer. Now, this is a man that has seen in his ministry, a last count, over 400 people raised from the dead. They've seen every type of creative miracle you can see. Why is there so much going on? I believe it goes back to that right there. So this is what I want to close with. I want you to look on the personal prayer sheet. This is for you to pray about. This is to evaluate over this time. And I'll give you maybe a few things that aren't on this sheet. You can just jot down real quick. But here's what I encourage everybody to do over the next month or so. In March, the first two weeks, we're going to have a time of fasting. But even before that, here's some things to do. Number one, go through your property and make sure there's nothing that's come in that doesn't need to be there. Just clean house. Pray over your home. Number two, pray about family bloodline issues. And then number three, pray about personal issues. Now let me close out by dealing with these bloodline issues. So in your bloodline... Are there areas of the occult or false religions or Freemasonry or something in your family where there was other gods or there was some kind of occult activity? Because these are things that really need to be prayed about. Is there any idolatry of any kind? But here's the two things that I want to give you. And I'm going to close with this, but I really want this to hit home. Because I've seen, as I've been in the ministry now for a long time, I've seen a lot of people that have been very up and down spiritually they're really on fire for God then they're not they're in and out of church they seem to be doing really good living pure and then they're struggling in sin they're just really unstable I've seen a lot of that and I've really prayed about it because I've been I've been kind of frustrated with the fact of seeing people that I love that I have seen God and my wife will tell you I've seen God powerfully touch these people in a life-altering way and they were different and then years later something got a hold of them and now they're in living in sin and i don't understand that and so i've been praying about this for some time and wondering what is the deal 
Why is this happening to some people? I believe this is God's revelation to me to answer that question, at least for the most part. Understand that everybody has their personal journey and some people, for whatever reason, do things. But I believe that this is a root issue probably for a lot of people. And, that, and I talked recently about it, and it's called the spirit of whoredoms. And I want you to, if it's not in your notes, and I, don't, I think it is online, but I don't think it is for you here, if you could put Hosea 4.12. I want you to read over Hosea 4.12. I'm going to read it to you. But look at this. It says, my people consult a wooden idol. There's idolatry. And then he said, and a diviner's rod. That's divination. That's the occult. It says a diviner's rod speaks to them. And a spirit of prostitution or a spirit of whoredoms leads them astray. And look at this. They are unfaithful to their God. That's what I've seen. Up and down. In and out. They're really good about church attendance, coming to prayer meetings, and then they're not. They're really faithful in their giving, then they're not. Up and down. In and out. Unstable. And so, with that, this spirit of whoredom seems to be a really strong spirit in a lot of people's lives. So how does this affect somebody? How does this get in their life? Well, on a personal level, obviously it would be unfaithful and do some of these things yourself but what about your family bloodline do you see in your family and in your ancestry do you see a lot of backsliding from the lord compromising godly convictions they were up and down do you see that they were unfaithful to god where at one time they gave their life to Jesus, they were living for the Lord, but then they backslid and got away from God and living in sin. See, that's unfaithful to the Lord, number one. Okay, do you see in your life or your family ancestry where there's been breaking vows, breaking marital vows, adultery, divorces that were not biblically sanctioned, Sadly, there are divorces that are, but sadly, a lot of divorces are just two people that don't get along. But that's not biblically sanctioned divorce. And when people divorce like that, and it's not right biblically, and then they remarry, it's an adulterous thing. And so a lot of times people don't realize this, but there's a lot of this in their family ancestry. You remember me telling you how serious God takes vows and covenants? Well, people get real flippant about their marital vows they took and they get real flippant about that covenant they made. And they either go out and have an affair or maybe they get into pornography, which is also adultery because you're looking with lust. Or they, or they just simply, there's divorce and there's broken vows. There's disloyalty, there's adultery, broken relationships. So do you see in your family a tendency maybe for divorce, family alienation, or betrayals? Now this can be some fruit of the spirit of whoredoms, divorce, family alienation, and betrayals, rejection. A lot of friends turn to enemies. Do you see where there's been these things in your ancestry and that are maybe trying to work against you? Because the best way to describe a generational curse it is you're grappling with unseen forces. You can't see it with your natural eye. 
but it's just as real as anything it seems like every time that you start moving forward all of a sudden it's like this dark shadowy hand tries to reach out and pull you backward that's a sign of a generational curse what about toward yourself and think about your family ancestry too but has there been a tendency to break godly convictions that you swore to yourself I'm not going to do this anymore but then you're doing it you make personal goals or promises end up breaking them also where you have a tendency to follow other people into sin things you know are not right but yet you kind of follow them into those things this is all under the category of a spirit of whoredoms and the last one would be a stumbling block to other people where maybe you've caused or maybe somebody in your ancestry has caused another person to be unfaithful to God they kind of led them away from God into sin or to be unfaithful to their marriage vows or to be unfaithful to other people so this is something that listen if you look in your your family ancestry and you see that there's these broken marriage vows you see adulterous affairs you see divorces that were not biblically sanctioned you see um, people sleeping around and you're seeing that there's that type of thing where it's an unfaithful thing people are not faithful to each other and they're certainly not faithful to God they may go to church but then they also live another way um, there's probably a spirit of whoredoms but if you'll really pray about this and get on your face in this fast and say Lord forgive me for these things in my life and in my ancestry take this pollution out of me take all that unfaithfulness out of me all that instability out of me and then take authority I break this curse this is not going to be in my life and bind that spirit of whoredoms that commanded to go the other thing I would say is bloodshed now I'm going to close with this Deuteronomy 21 1 I'm going to read it to you if you want to write this in your notes or something but Deuteronomy 21 talks about how serious God views um, bloodshed don't you think about how serious God views this okay if a slain person is found lying in open country in the land which your Lord your God gives you to possess and it is not known who struck him then your elders and your judges will go out and measure the distance of the surrounding cities to that murdered individual and it shall be that the city which is nearest that man that the elders of that city shall take a heifer of the herd which has not worked which is not pulled a yoke and the elders of that city shall bring the heifer down to a valley with running water which has not been plowed or sown and they'll break the heifer's neck they'll kill it okay the priest the sons of Levi shall come near for the Lord your God has chosen him to serve him and to bless in the name of the Lord and every dispute every assault shall be settled by them verse 6 all the elders of that city which is nearest that murdered man they will wash their hands over the heifer whose neck was broken in the valley and they shall say before the Lord our hands did not shed this blood nor did our eyes see it forgive your people Israel whom you've redeemed O Lord and do not place the guilt of innocent blood in the midst of your people and the blood guiltiness shall be forgiven them 
and the Lord will remove the guilt of innocent blood from your midst, which you do uh, when you do what is right in the eyes of the Lord. This was quite an elaborate thing to have to go through. That's how serious God took shedding innocent blood. It's very serious. And it grieves me about America and all the blood of the aborted. And you know, that's what, you know, you read about, you remember how Pilate took Jesus? You know, Pilate and these guys that were Roman leaders that were over the Jewish people, they were smart enough to go back and read the Torah because they needed to understand how to govern them. And that, this right here I just read to you, was why Pilate did that. He was saying, you Jewish people are wanting me to kill this man. I've already told you he didn't do anything. We've already told you he's innocent. You're still wanting to murder him? And he says, and he, go get me some water. And he did this in front of him. He said, I wash my hands of this man's blood. It's on you. And they said, let it be on us and our children. And look what happened. God brought judgment on them. And the temple was destroyed and they were scattered. But this is very serious. And so I want you to think about this. If blood was shed on land, it would defile the land until somebody prayed about it and asked God to forgive and to wash it in the blood of Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? Until somebody did that, that land is defiled. There are family bloodlines that the landscape of that family bloodline has been defiled by blood. Somebody had an abortion. There was a murder. There was something. And here's the thing about this subject. A lot of times people won't talk about it. So you may not really know about everything. That's the unfortunate thing about something like wanting to pray about this because you may not know everything because I'm sure people are not going to go around talking about it openly, especially if they were involved in some murder or something. But if there's been blood that has been shed, that bloodline has been stained, it's been marked, it's been defiled, and now there's a curse and there's spirits at work. But if you'll pray now in the name of Jesus and ask God that the blood of Jesus wash that out of your life and separate you from that, you can be cleansed and you can break that curse and you can command those spirits to go. But here's some things. If there's been blood that has been shed in your ancestry, here's some fruit that you may see now in your life. So things like abortion, murder, violence, shedding innocent blood, you may see in you and in your family, a tendency to hate other people. You may see anger and rage and like wrath. You may have a tendency in your family, there's a tendency to lose temper and to be violent or to be really impatient. There also may be a tendency to hold grudges, to have resentment, to want revenge on other people have unforgiveness and bitterness these things can be connected to that blood it's like that blood stained the family now there's an iniquity in people in that family that they have these issues but in Christ we can be totally free 
That's a wonderful thing. That Jesus paid for complete freedom. I hope everybody understands. Anybody that's sat under my ministry very long is, and knows that Jesus paid for everything that I've talked about tonight. So you can be totally free. Your home can be totally cleansed. The glory can be there. You can be totally free from anything generational and anything that you've ever been a part of. The Lord will forgive you. He will cleanse you. He'll take anything out of you that needs to go. He'll break every, every curse can be broken. You can be totally, completely victorious in Christ. And so the last thing is just look over the sermon that I preached last week, I believe, where it talked about mixture. Is there any carnality in your life? Is it, are you too caught up with this life and, li and not living for eternity, but so caught up in this world? Is there ungodly entertainment, un ungodly things? What about the soulish? And then the last thing I would say on the personal prayer sheet is write down some things that you're believing God for. What are some things that only God could do? Don't pray small. Don't pray small. Don't, don't, pray something like that particular day you have a headache and so you're asking God to heal your headache okay don't do that pray big pray about lost loved ones pray about destiny pray about big things in your life that you want you're believing God to do you know um, go through this personal sheet and let it be a checklist and listen I believe that if we'll if God if we'll allow God to do the work he's wanting to do individually and corporately we're going to go deeper in Christ. And that's what I want. I want to go to places I haven't been. You know, I think sometimes people are surprised because, uh, you know, I've, I've talked about things today I didn't talk about maybe five, ten years ago, but I want to learn new things from the Lord. I want to grow in the Lord. I want the anointing to increase. I want His presence to increase. I want my prayer life to go deeper. I don't want to find some place of stagnation. That's where I live the rest of my life is in that same place. Forget it. God's always moving. Let's move with him. Amen. All right. So, Father, we can shut things out. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We bless you. And, Lord, I pray for every one of us here. Lord, do a deep work in us during this fast. Lord, clean house. Purify your people. Lord, purify us individually. Purify us um, generationally. And purify our homes that there can be such a freedom and such a glory and such a revival come in Jesus' mighty name. We believe you for it. And on this fast, we're believing for great things in Jesus' name. All right, let's go ahead and just put on that. Um, you could play that CD for me. Number one would be good. And if y'all want prayer tonight, or you know what, maybe we could do this. We could first um, just pray about these things that I preached on tonight. Let's commit it to the Lord. Let's pray even here over our homes. Pray about some of these generational things. Pray about our lives. And maybe just ask the Lord to help us on this fast to really be focused. It's important to, to spend some time in prayer during the fast. Hear from God. Get revelation. Let God really take you in a deep place.